It's a super duper time trial specific episode of the Velo News podcast that you're listening to. I'm Fred Dreyer here with Kaylee Fretz. Hello. Uh, I want to set the scene for everyone. We are in the media room here at Big Bear Lake, California. And Kaylee, we're the last ones in the media room. It doesn't actually qualify as a media room anymore. It's now just a bar again. They're literally tearing down the media infrastructure in this bar. You could probably hear the tables being collapsed behind us. Yes. I, just, I just hope that the, the listeners to the Velo News podcast appreciate how hard we work to bring them this content. We work so hard. I know. So hard. All the other journalists, guys from Cycling News, Cycling Tips, all the other ones, they've gone home. They're like... Bunch of slackers. Bench, they're watching TV, <laughs> and we're here cranking out the content. And we still have to drive an hour. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> uh, let's get to it. As I said at the top of the show, we have a very special time trial specific episode of the Velo News Podcast because we're here at the Amgen Tour of California, and today, Friday, was stage six, the individual time trial around Big Bear Lake. Yeah, uh, and it was an awesome time trial, actually. I, we're not generally fans of time trials. No, we're not. Time trials uh, are so boring. But this one was good. The course was really good. It was uh, lots of punchy little climbs and corners. Twists and, and turns. Lots of twists and turns. It was it was a good day. And then there was also there was a, a really exciting GC story behind this one. And, and a very exciting stage win story. Uh, you know, we had... We had a whole bunch of guys up and near the front of the race uh, who were not necessarily amazing time trialists, we thought. And then two guys, Andrew Tolansky and Brent Bookwalter, right behind them, 40-something seconds behind them, who are very good time trialists. So I expected Tolansky to overhaul them. I very much expected the exact same thing. And I actually I think Brent Bookwalter could have put in a very good ride as well. And he did put in a surprisingly good ride. Uh, and yet it was not enough. No, because the man of the day ended up being Kiwi George Bennett of Lotto Yumbo, who took the race lead. He time trialed out of his gourd in the press conference. He said that he twisted a nut. He twisted a nut. This is much be a Kiwiism. Yeah, it sounds painful. <laughs> um, but he went so hard that he leapfrogged Rafael Micah in the overall, and he now leads this race by a whopping 35 seconds. I think it's decisive. I think it's pretty decisive. The last stage, you know, there are some climbs, but George is not going to get dropped on those. <laughs> we no. know now. Uh, so j just to, for our listeners who have never met George Bennett or seen George Bennett, because he is a Kiwi, you may not be familiar with him. George Bennett weighs like, I don't know, 118 pounds. He's like... He's a bag of bones. He's a bag of bones. <laughs> I interviewed him uh, in Boulder a couple weeks ago because he, he was staying in Boulder uh, doing some doing some high-altitude training, and he sat across from me at the uh, new Rafa headquarters in downtown Boulder, and I thought I might have been a skeleton. Yeah. I, thought, I was pretty sure he was a skeleton. I think the other funny thing to note here is that his team here of Lado Yumbo includes like three or four riders who literally look like children. They look like they're 15. <laughs> are they U23s? Or? They are. They're actually U23s. That We talked to George about this, and he's get, they, basically the team brought a bunch of sort of development riders here. Yeah. They're strong, strong, they're strong super riders. Super strong. So we have this tiny, don't know what they're doing. tiny skinny man <laughs> yep. surrounded by a team of baby men, and they just have taken it to the field here at the Amgen Tour of California. It's awesome. And George is really funny, and he's a super nice guy. So we are, d despite the fact that we were, you know, Kind of, kind of homeboying it and rooting for Tlansky or Brent Bookwalter. We're pretty stoked that George has uh, has ridden like this this week. No, great, great stage. Uh, but moving on, we actually have some compelling audio content, a great little story to give to the listeners of the Velo News podcast today because both you and I spent time in team cars behind athletes today. Correct. And we recorded the experience. We um, followed, I feel like, two very compelling athletes. I followed Evan Huffman of Team Rally Cycling, who won stage three? 
four? Forget Three, four. How many days ago was that? <laughs> oh, and then you followed uh, Taylor Finney. I did. I followed. Uh, I followed Taylor Finney because I thought that he might be a stage winner, uh-huh. obviously. Uh, and you know, we all love Taylor Finney. And so yeah, I jumped in the car. I jumped in the Lexus behind Taylor, and actually in the front seat was none other than Andrew Talansky, who was taking a sort of last-minute recon ride around uh, around the around the race course. Yeah, I was with Evan Huffman and his mom, Lori. <laughs> no Andrew Talansky there. It was mom, Mama Huffman. Well, that said, you you were with you you were with Mama Huffman, who was a lot more chatty than Andrew Talansky. Uh, oh, it's great. She- and Tom, Tom Southam, who's the director uh, at Cannondale, because those guys are very serious. They were trying to you know they're trying to win a bicycle race here. Yeah. Uh, Evan was going for a good ride, but it was a little bit less serious in your car. He wanted to win this, win the TT, but you know he's been in the breakaway the last two days, so I think his legs were pretty cooked. But yeah, Mama Huffman was great. She told stories about Evan as like a swimmer and triathlete, why she likes bike racing. I, I, let, let's get into it. Let's listen first to my experience in the rally team car behind Evan Huffman. So it's Lori Huffman. Lori Huffman. Yes. Lori, you are Evan's mom. Yes. You're riding in the team car behind him in the TT today? Yes. What did you talk to him about before the race? You know, I just asked how he was feeling, if he was relaxed, and just normal mom stuff, I guess. Okay. Not too much about the race, just about him. <laughs> and I, I assume this is nothing new to you. You've been to many bike races before. I've been to many, many bike races, yes. I'm a groupie. <laughs> and I've, I've ridden in the car once. When he was on Cal Giant, yep. and he it was at um, Cascade, and that was pretty exciting. Oh, you know what? I take that back. Nationals, and that was the year he won. Wow. The national time turn. So you're something of a good luck charm. Yes, well, I hope so, I hope so. All right, there he goes. Not now. Evan just rode by. Go, go, go. Looks like it was time here. Yeah, I guess the question is going to be how those two efforts over the last two days play into it. I mean, he was so aggressive the last couple of days with yeah. the stage win. Yeah, um, yesterday, I think near the end, he was able to, you know, maybe from about halfway on, he was able to back off a little bit once Rob left the group, you know, and I think we kind of knew what was going to happen with the, um, the, uh, the mountain points. Of, uh, uh, so... We kind of knew, so then it was, you know, once Rob's gone, like, what's he going to do? So I think he just sort of rode it in pretty conservative from there, specifically, you know, for, for today. I know he's had today eyed up. Um, honestly, it's a nice day for him to do it because the pressure's way off. He's already won a stage. Yep. I don't think you could, the race could get much uh, much better for Evan at this point. So I think he's hopefully going to enjoy this one and see how the legs are. I mean, there's no pressure, um, but he's a tough kid. He's really resilient. And, I won't be surprised at all if he has a good day, even even after the last two days. What is it about Evan that makes him such a good time trialist, from what you've seen, Pat? He, uh, well, just physically, he fits really, really good uh, on a time trial bike. He's, they say, slick in the, in the wind. He doesn't, uh, just the other day, warming up, the day before the race started, that is, a, you know, the day before the stage in Sacramento, he, uh, he was doing an effort. You know, and I was sitting on his wheel, or Eric Young was sitting on his wheel, and I was out just riding with the guys the day before, and I was, you know, I used to, I was a professional racer, but I'm not in that good of shape, but I'm, you know, so I guess no slouch, but even still just sitting on the wheels, I wasn't sure how long that was going to last at his interval, and then he told me the effort he was doing, how many watts he was doing, and I was pretty amazed at how fast he was going for how little watts 
for him. I mean, I wasn't anywhere. I mean, it's an effort, but it wasn't really anywhere near like a maximal effort for him. No. So that even if, even for me, that was just like, wow, okay, well, he is actually just fast on a time trial bike. He fits the bike well. He's slick, and then of course he's just he's just got a big engine, so he's, he makes him a really good time trial fit. So it this looks like Evan has moved over to the left-hand side of the road right now. Yeah, is that just a kinda wind thing, or is he kind of apexing the course? Apexing, yeah. So he'll just sort of slowly veer. There you go, kind of like straight lines, shortest shortest distance. Yep. Don't hit the bots. <laughs> yep. Oh, I know. California has those bot dots in the road. Because he started swimming when he was five, and he always did good at the long distances. I was a swimmer in college, and one of my good college friends moved to Sacramento after school and did the local triathlon circuit up there and said he would always race tri uh, triathlons against Evan. Yeah. Said yeah. Evan was the young kid who was like really talented and crushing everyone on the bike. Yeah, he has a real sense of his body and what's happening. So like even it's just kind of intuitive, I think. Mm -hmm. As a parent, what did you think when he wanted to be a professional cyclist? I thought it was great. I love sports. I grew up with it myself and just to me, it's so healthy for kids, so, and recognized he was so good at a young age, it just, it made sense, it was just, and he's so passionate about it. Do you get nervous at the races? I do, um, not so much, you know, just more because I want him to do well. I'm not too worried about crashes or anything because it's part of the sport and I'm used to that. What was the celebration like around the Huffman family after Evan won the stage the other day? It was crazy exciting. I was jumping up and down and hugging some stranger lady next to me. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Were you there last year when he came so close in that I, stage? I wasn't, I wasn't able to get off work. I was watching it on TV though, slyly while I was working <laughs> on the side. I know, yeah, no, this was, Super great. When I saw him in that break, I was like, oh yeah, this could happen. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was a nail biter to the end, man. Because at, yeah. the, at the finish, the foreshortening with the camera, you couldn't tell how much of a gap it was, they had. It was weird because at 10K to go, I was like, yeah, for sure, they got it. But then, you know, it's tough because like they had the corner, because it was like the same, same, same sort of lead in for the last 15K before that. And you know how it is, it's disruptive. You make a left, there's a hill. Uh, maybe somebody was gonna attack. Like, yeah, well, and, and the you could tell the peloton. It was like teams kept taking over and taking over and taking over. So it's like the, the pace never died. I mean, one team would just kind of blow out or half give up, and there'd be another one in there. Like, yeah, I mean, we're following the lake's coastline right now, and it is very twisty. That's a challenging course. We just heard some squealing of tires. Chirping the tires. Mm. All right, 200 meters to the turnaround. Go by us, so that's Evan Huffman. Looking good. Looking good, Evan, come on. We're a little competitive in our family, so. Oh, really? <laughs> Did Evan race against any brothers and sisters or, or dad on no, the bike? No, 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 not at all. <laughs>
at what age did he transition from swimming to cycling? So he actually did triathlons. Okay. And so he transitioned more from that to cycling when he was 17. He always liked the bike the best of the triathlon. And when a friend invited him to a race and he was hooked. <laughs> you ever had to replace a wheel during a time trial? I have once with uh, Eric Marcotte, the uh, prologue at uh, Alberta. He neglected to get off the bike and kept a foot clipped in, so it was a messy, messy, messy change. Yeah, just the bike. <laughs> fighting a foot and fighting. And standing on the bike. And, uh, Is it yeah. rear or front? Rear, of course. Is it more or less stressful than uh, changing a, a flat during a regular road? It's the same. A flat is a flat is a flat. Do you guys normally, will you do the wheel change or just throw them on a new bike for, for a time trial? Uh, depends on where we are on the course. Mm -hmm. uh, as we get towards the end, uh, it's going to be a new bike. Best thing about time trials is speeding through a neighborhood at like 40 miles an hour and having the road totally yeah. close to yourself. Yeah. yeah, and you're just like doing it legally. Rolling through stop signs, no problems here. All right, Evan is really picking it up now. So he still has a minute. He might come in fast this time. He might get fast this time. Two hundred meters to go. There he goes. Five hundred meters to go. My bad. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Such a long straightaway to the finish line, but there he goes. He's going. He's gonna he. He's gonna get the new fastest time. You think? I think he will. Where's the finish? Is it under the blue thing? Oh, that was it right there. Yeah. Twenty-nine, nineteen. Twenty-nine, twenty-one. Twenty-nine, twenty-one. Twenty-nine, twenty-one. Darn, darn, darn. Wait. Wait, what's if it's 28, right? Yeah. yeah okay, 28, 28. Okay. Uh, he rode solid, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, stuff is gives a big ass for him to have a good ride. Yeah. Some of those guys have been not not doing big days the last couple of days, so that was a big ass for him to. That was a big ass for him to go uh, go well today, so give it a shot. Evan, we were in the car behind you. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was great. <laughs> it was. It was. So how do you feel? Uh, I don't know. I'm disappointed, but I guess that's what happens when you're in the break for two days. Yeah, yeah. How did your legs feel after those two efforts today? Uh... I just feel like really flat, kind of. I almost feel like I can't go hard. Like I'm just like I'm too fatigued to like really get into a rhythm. Uh -huh. So I don't know. I feel pretty sore. It's pretty tired. But 
How about the course itself? It was pretty windy, pretty twisty. Yeah, it was really technical. Like, it didn't seem super bad pre riding it, but like at race speed, you definitely had to like coast or even break for a lot of the corners. So, put it in the it was definitely, I would describe it as fairly technical for sure, yeah. Was there a moment when, you see, is it fair to say you were on an okay day, not your best day today? Yeah, I guess it was okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how, like, what it stacks up with all the, everyone else's times, but, um, yeah, I guess I would just say it was just okay, mediocre. At, <laughs> at what point into the race did you start to, you know, did you feel like it was going to be just an okay day, not a great day? Uh, I don't know. I kind of felt the same the whole time. Like, I guess I just didn't really know how it was going uh, until I, like, got maybe, like, around the halfway point where I could see that I wasn't going a lot faster than the people around me. I guess that was kind of when I started to have a feeling at the turnaround that it was kind of just an average ride. When you're going through an effort like that, are you looking at the computer or looking at the course? What are you focused on in a time trial like that? Uh... Looking at the computer a lot, both the power and the speed. Um, yeah, it's hard to pace because it was pretty. Uh, it wasn't a very steady effort, I think. So I didn't like that. There was a lot of like really fast sections and a lot of slower parts where we had to really like overpace it, which normally I'm good at. But I think like being fatigued, it's a lot harder to like do the higher intensity stuff on like the little hills and the headwinds and stuff. Overall, though, I mean, you've had a couple days to process that stage win. Where, where are you at thinking about that stage victory? Uh, I feel good about it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe I still need more processing time, but uh, yeah, like the race is a success. I guess it just <coughs> played out a little bit differently than I expected. I think, yeah, overall it was like... <laughs> Just not uh, as hard of a race as last year, just the route. There's a lot of shorter stages and a lot more sprinters here. So, like, I feel pretty happy that I was able to, like, take advantage and went out of a break one day. So, I feel, I feel content with that day and with the race, for sure. Yeah, you know, not the ride he was looking for in the time trial, but whatever, he won a stage. Yeah, I mean, well, first, he, he is now officially the first ever continental rider to win a world tour stage. Huh, that's, ever. That's a pretty good peg to hang your hat on. Yeah. And, you know, with that performance, I would not be surprised to see him make the jump to a world tour at some point in the future. No, I mean, he, he was at Astana before. Uh, so there are there are two great stories up about Evan Huffman on velonews.com. One that I wrote from the Amgen Tour California last year about Evan's trip up to Astana and then back down into American Racing. And then Fred here wrote another one this week uh, about... Him being a team leader for the first time. Right. You know, being, he's kind of a shy, um, soft-spoken guy and yeah. how it's weird for him being a team leader. He is very shy and very, very shy. <laughs> unlike uh, unlike Mama Huffman, Lori not shy. Lori Huffman not shy. Yeah, she, she was basically great. so she basically demanded the other day that I put her on the Velonews Snapchat. And what did you do? I did that. Oh I, I put her on the Velonews. It's amazing. If you don't follow Velonews on Snapchat, you are seriously missing out. We I, asked all sorts of important questions of people today. I think Lori Huffman is our spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> I think we now will be podcasting with the spirit of Lori Huffman in mind. Yep. Thanks, Lori. 
Okay, moving next up. Next up is uh, is Taylor Finney. Tell me about your day with Taylor Finney, following him in the car. So yeah, I was uh, range this a couple days ago, and they were nice enough to throw me in the back of their Lexus. And you know, like I said, this was a more serious group than the rally crew. Um, Taylor really thought that he might be in contention for a victory here. In hindsight, having seen the the, the result, and then talking to him about his lead up to this race i'm not sure that that was a totally reasonable expectation how did he where, where did he finish uh 13th yeah we should uh, say i believe evan huffman finished 21st yes yeah, so or 19th evan huffman finished 19th yeah. and taylor finney finished 13th but okay. both of those rides were not necessarily what they were hoping for so taylor finney had you know he had a bad concussion at the tour of flanders um actually at the end of of this little segment you're going to hear an interview with him where he discusses basically how long he was off the bike and he mentioned to me uh away from the recorder that you know he'd essentially been kept in a dark room for like two weeks uh and and really it, it, it kind of messed up his season in the middle of april so he's only had a couple weeks of training leading up to this particular event uh so i don't think anyone if you actually look at that you're really expecting taylor to to win a race like this and, and his big focus is still the tour de france but regardless they were hoping for for a knockout ride from taylor and then they were also hoping for a really good ride from talansky and that's why Talansky was in the car with us. And that's why they were. <laughs> so I was trying to record some of this and failing because Talansky and Tom Southam, uh, Southam, their director, were just sort of like mumbling at each other. And they're just sort of mumbling. Oh, mumbling. were they speaking in code? They were, it wasn't code. It was just they were like, we're going to talk like, too. Don't let we're going to talk too quiet for the recorder to work. Try and go fast and win. <laughs> <laughs> it's our double secret plan for today to they're go very, hard and fast very and win. Secretive. But nonetheless, I chatted with uh, Tom Southam, who is, like I said, the director uh, here in California. Chatted with, I, I, got, I got a bunch of audio from the car itself. Yep. So as we're cruising around, chatted with the mechanic while we're in there. Uh, you get a little bit of color and vibe from inside the Lexus. Uh, and then chatted with uh, Taylor Finney after the finish. And he was not stoked after the finish, but it's a good way nonetheless, of it. yeah, nonetheless gave, you know, gave me seven was minutes of chatting. And, and it, I think it was interesting because he really, he talked about his, sort of his season thus far and, uh, hinted a couple times at his lack of stoke following this race. Yeah. Uh, low stoke, low stoke, low levels of stoke. And then we also talked about sort of looking forward to the Tour de France. So let's drop straight into the day, a day in the car with Candle Drapeck. I'm Tom Southam, uh, sports director with Cannondale Drapak. Um, we are, where are we, Big Bear Lake um, in California for stage six, uh, individual time trial. Tom, we are, we're going to embark uh, behind Taylor Finney today. We're going to be in the car behind Taylor Finney today. Let's chat a little bit about the preparation for this time trial. So you guys have obviously gone and checked out the course. Uh, what else What else is involved in the prep for a time trial like this, where you have one rider who is looking at a stage win and another who's looking at potentially taking a, a GC lead? I mean, the first thing we did for this, I mean, we were quite fortunate. Tom Scoogins had uh, ridden this route a couple of years ago before we were supposed to use it. Um, and Tom's had a, like a, a film file of it. Um, so the first thing I did was... Uh, study that a while back and then send that all to, the, to all the riders I doubt they watched it all um, or even you know I watched it four times the speed because you don't want to watch someone just riding a bike but I mean that, that, that was the first sort of step towards it um, obviously the riders have done their own preparation at home and stuff and a few of the guys know this from Redlands or something um, so 
that's the kind of background and obviously um, come up here this morning um, Andrew's already ridden the course he rode at 11 o'clock um, and I followed Andrew um, I went through um, with a GPX file um, and made my notes pre-race and then I've just added to them again um, so with a bit more detail there's a couple of corners that you can't really get a good impression of um, uh, but yeah so you know the usual really what do those notes look like? Is that a kilometer by kilometer breakdown, hills, corners, things like that? Uh, well, you probably see when you're in the car, because um, I'll have them running, but it's, you know, um, basic stuff like up, down, brake, don't brake. Um, riders can only do so much with the information you give them, so there's no point giving them, you know, um, things they can't do anything with. So, you know, I could read them a poem, which probably work in Taylor's case. Um, so maybe we will read Taylor a poem or something. He actually asked me to be poetic, so... <laughs> uh, can you describe your role in the car a little bit? I mean, I think the only time check we're going to get today is going to be at the turn, um, which in Taylor's case is going to be irrelevant because he should be the fastest off by a, a fair way. But also, it's tailwind out to there, um, so the gaps aren't going to be big to there. Um, you know, apart from that, it's just uh, keeping them confident, keeping them happy. Um, you know, they, they, there's no point telling anyone to go hard, you know, because they're going as hard as they can. So, and then, you know, the, the technical stuff, which they should know, you know, like I, I always maintain, you know, if, if you've done a really good job beforehand, then everything should be set. Then all you're doing is just reminding someone. Um, so I was reading the other day about, I think it might have been a hockey coach who basically all you would ever have would be um, like A, B, C, D or something because you can't d compute a lot of information. So he just had basic commands that were kind of like, you know, uh, so it's kind of like that, you're just giving them really simple, really basic information and they kick up the ass. So you've seen the course, just thoughts on the course in general? Fast, yeah. fast, it's quick. Um, differences I think will be made on the way back, um, but you know, uh, Andrew's got to start, you know, full gas because we want to rattle Micro a bit before the turn, so. <laughs> we won't tell anyone that until afterward. Well, yeah, I'm assuming your <laughs> podcast isn't going to be played on the Bora bus. And what about Finney? Uh, do you know if Finney's preparation has been pretty good? Do you know Do you know how focused he is on this particular time trial? Because I know that his sort of season-long goals are probably more Tour de France oriented, um, but I'm sure that this is still this is still key for him. Yeah, but I mean that's a time trial as well. Yeah. You know, so every time trial in the build-up to building up for a time trial should be important. Yeah. Taylor's a guy. It's easy to um, think that he's not focused because he. You know, <laughs> talking about other things or but he's you know he's extremely focused always he's, he's you know he knows what's going on he knows what he needs to know so I've, I've got I'm confident in him um, obviously his preparation was compromised by the Flanders crash and that was a that set him back a fair bit more than I think it looked like it would you know um, he's he's in touch with himself and so he knew what he had to do and um, this is you know the first step for him so he'll want to want to do a good ride here and that's yeah motivation is what makes a difference sometimes so we're in the car in the start shoot what five minutes till finney's off four. four minutes till finney's off we're getting the uh name plate stuck on the front of our car of our amgen lexus none other than andrew tolanski sitting in the front seat who's doing a bit of a basically a bit last minute recon Ride behind Finney, get some time splits, speeds, mark some hills, things like that.
Opens up now, this opens up. It's another kilometer from that, from that corner. It's a kilometer until it kicks again. Yeah, and this is this will be floating because it's too I mean for Taylor it's different because he can go here, but for me. You're looking good man, you're looking good. You're a beautiful human being, Taylor. He did ask you to get poetic, didn't he? His ability to stay in the aero bars in these corners is insane to me. So, yeah, we're going through corners that are squealing the tires of the car, and Taylor's not even coming out of the aero bars. Another tight right. 200 tight turn. Taylor's coming up on catching two riders. Do you know who his Minuteman was? How do you how do you take this and then two hundred apply it to your own ride, Andrew? Cornering, most of the cornering. That's that whole section is full because for me this will be recovery basically. Nothing else, no braking is needed. Even if I come out of the bars. Yeah, come out of the bars, no brakes. Anywhere. <laughs> He's about to catch Pate. Coming back into town now. Bit of a rise. Come on, get him, get him, get him. He can do it. This part's really fast. Go, yes, go. Taylor, let's go, let's go. Come on. You're looking fucking beautiful, man. Come on. Go, go, go. Go. Come on, Taylor. Come on. Go. No, this is perfect. This is perfect. Yep. This is perfect. There's the turn, Taylor. There's the turn. He's catching Pate on this little downhill here. Nail this guy. About to pass him. And launches through that little bit of slipstream and he's passed. Well, just a couple corners to go now. No, last corner. You go, son. You go. And there it goes. We pull off the deviation. They didn't cross the line yet. Where is the finish? The finish is close. It was just down there, right? It's Lawson Craddock. At Finneyrock. Best time. Maybe, well, you think so? They were saying 28.48 was the best time, though. They just called They just called best time. I know, but... Yeah. 
Correction, second best time for Taylor Finney, Gandale, drop back, uh, 29 minutes and 3 seconds. 29 minutes and 3 seconds, second best time for Taylor Finney. 29.03. Well, he gave it pretty good, you know. Alright, finish second best time for Martin Elliger. BMC, 28 minutes, 52 seconds, 28 minutes, 52 seconds, second best time for Elliger. Tom, can I get your kind of immediate reaction to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, technically he did a good ride. Um, you know, Taylor knows, Taylor knows himself and he was giving it a good nudge. Um, yeah, not quick enough. Um, but first big effort for a fair while, so. We know where we're starting from. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll just keep, keep working at it. So Finney's ride behind us. Uh, you learn anything from from that effort that you can apply then to Andrew later in the day? I think Andrew probably will learn more himself, to be honest. Um, that's kind of why we have him in the car um, to see it. That's really important. Um, and yeah, I mean, it is kind of how I expected it to be. There's a couple of turns that you know you take note of um, for the next one. It just seeing seeing somebody at race speed is, is a bit different. You know, there's a couple of times when. And Taylor's getting out the uh, out the bars, and you really have to get out the bars, you know. So, so Finney crossed the line. Everyone in the car, well, just not not all that excited, uh, as is to be expected. I think that this team really thought that that Finney could pull it off today. Uh, it was a it was a time trial that was made for him. In many ways, it's at altitude. You know, Taylor's been in Boulder for four weeks, and he's he's born in Colorado, uh, lives in Colorado. Um, it's relatively flat, uh, quite technical as well, which suits his his style. But you know, I think that the uh, in speaking with the, with the team, it sounds like the concussion from the Tour of Flanders really set him back. Uh, they have a pretty strict concussion protocol; it keeps him off the bike for quite a while. And it, so, in, in many ways, that crash was almost worse than something like breaking a collarbone, where you can get back in the trainer relatively quickly because um, he couldn't even do that. So, a bit of a setback at Flanders, still kind of coming back. And then Taylor's primary objective for the season is uh, is the Tour de France. It's the opening time trial of the Tour de France, a 10, 10 kilometer. Uh, slightly longer than a prologue and shorter than a real time trial uh, because obviously first stage that would be an opportunity to take the, the yellow jersey and from what I hear uh, I've been chatting with Jonathan Botters about the team and its plans this summer it sounds to me like Taylor is very much uh, he thinks he's in the hunt for that first yellow jersey so this is still early obviously not exactly the performance that Taylor was hoping for not quite the check-in on form that the team was hoping for, but at the end of the day, I think a, a pretty solid ride. Yeah, well, I thought I was cranking. I felt pretty good. I felt like I was going pretty fast, but in the end, it wasn't really the result that I was looking for, but that happens. Yeah, I mean, there's loads of excuses for sure. But yeah, I thought I was I thought I was gonna go pretty well, but it's okay. I mean, are you disappointed? Are you concerned? I'm never concerned. 
because I live a very happy and fulfilling life. But I would have liked to do, <clears throat> for sure I would have liked to do better just for the team. But I mean, I finished and I was like fully gassed and I paced it really well. But yeah, it's okay to, it's okay to want to win things and not do well and be upset about it. I mean, I haven't done a stage race that's been longer than five days in, uh, in a long time, so I was definitely have a little bit of fatigue, but it's okay. It's okay to... You gotta have that, that fucking carnal... You gotta be pissed. If you're not pissed, then, then you're not racing. Uh, not to return to excuses, but how much did that the Flanders crash and then you know concussion protocol off your bike how much of that set you back well I mean I basically had an off season in a dark room in uh, April for the month of April uh, which on paper I mean it's not ideal I've, I feel like I've always been able to rebound well from taking some time off because I like to be mentally fresh. And uh, generally everybody just trains like way too much now. But I guess they also go faster, so. How was the training leading up to this? I mean, you were, you were with Alan in Boulder, you were in Boulder. That's always good for you. Yeah, I had, to, I had like 10 days of some pretty solid training and Felt pretty good. Did some did some TT stuff. Did like a full on 30 minute effort. I mean, I think I'm pissed because I did like uh, you know I went out there by myself and and did some some solid some solid training. I tried to pack as much as I could into the 10 days that I had to get ready for this race. <laughs> but yeah. Like ten days to get ready for a race that you are focusing on seems like not anywhere near enough. Yeah, I don't know. I think I you gotta still have like a general sense of naivete about your natural ability, and I've always just <clears throat> kind of thought that I could rock up and be okay and kind of get better throughout the race, uh, which is has been the case, but. It's been like a, on, on paper, not really that hard of a race, but it's it's been quite difficult. Yesterday was definitely hard. About about today's ride in particular, you know, you hit out as hard as you could, and then you had Andrew about an hour or so behind you. Did you pass on anything, any tips uh, that you learned in uh, hitting it at, at race pace? Uh, I spent an hour and a half in doping control after the race so that might also contribute to my current mood <laughs> having just couldn't we is that the problem well i did a partial sample and then i had to wait but you know this is just what we do looking ahead again uh jv was telling me that you're pretty focused on that opening time trial the tour de france so other than Suisse, what is what is the next month and a half look like for you? I mean how do you how do you prepare for that? You just said Suisse. <laughs> um, 
That's okay. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, a fresh, a fresh, flat, short-ish time trial is more of my bread and butter than um, middle of a stage race time trial. So, yeah, I'll put some work in. There's definitely some work that kind of needs to be done on the equipment side, but that's something that we'll look into internally. And there's only so much we can do about that. But nowadays, everybody's, everybody's pretty dialed, you know? Like five or six years ago, if you spent any time on your time trial bike and you spent any time caring about what wheels or what kind of frame you rode, you had a massive advantage and now that's uh, pretty much the norm. Everybody's got a, everybody's got the setup, so. Parting thoughts coming out of California? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm excited for this race to be over. I'm always excited for races to be over. I think uh, Andrew winning was, was awesome. I was really, we were all really happy about that. Yeah, gotta congratulate Lotto Jumbo. You, you, we were watching it at the finish here, uh, right near the bus here, and, and you exclaimed that you had just been beaten by George Bennett. Does that feel a little unusual? Well, he's like 25 kilos lighter than me. And uh, so, yeah, it feels a little unusual, but he's looking pretty ripped and he's been working hard. He was in Boulder, so. Can't be better. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll call it there. Thanks, Taylor. Well, I mean, that's, you know, I feel for Taylor. He is an incredible talent. He has won many time trials. And, you know, it's just been injuries and kind of bad luck over the last few years. So it doesn't surprise me that he would be bummed out. But I, I don't know. I picked him to win. I thought he could win this race. I Yeah, I mean, we didn't know. I don't think we knew how long he was off the bike yep. uh, after that Flanders crash. I figured it was a couple days because, I mean, when I spoke to team management, they were talking about maybe putting him in Roubaix. And then I think that he didn't, the head injury stuff, he didn't recover very quickly from that. And so he was off the bike for quite a long time. So this race, we should say, was won by Jonathan Dibben, one of the like big, strong Team Sky Bros. Team Sky time trial pursuit guys. He crushed it. Um, he won by seven seconds over Brent Bookwalter, who had a great ride. Fantastic ride. He, Brent Bookwalter at the finish line was like, literally gasping for air and swerving all over the place I thought he was going to fall off his bicycle <laughs> so talk about a performance where you left everything out Went there real real deep yeah. yeah yeah and we were pulling for brent to be able maybe be able to pull up in the gc a little bit uh brent ended up in fourth uh at 45 seconds behind george bennett andrew talansky in third rafa micah in second and then of course george bennett in first I, that of course is going into the final stage things could still change could i expect that to be our final gc and you know that speaks to the competitive level of this race this year you know we have a bunch of world tour guys who are battling it up these are all contenders so mm -hmm. tour of california first year world tour race I, I think we can say that the team the world tour teams really came to compete so um you know there it is uh Vela news podcast listeners you don't ever have to go to a time trial ever again because we've <laughs> taken you inside the wonders of a time trial. Mm, um, so wonderful. Do you have any good time trial stories? Our outro <laughs> question of your own time trialing prowess? No, I was terrible at time trialing and just 
always terrible time trial. There's really no good stories other than me losing time trials. That was really the only uh, my my overarching time trial theme was yeah. losing. I lost some time trials too. I did. A, I've done a couple 114 mile time trials as part of Ironman. That's uh, really races. unfortunate. And now, and, and one of them, the the pavement was so bumpy that it rattled the bolts out of my shoe, and I didn't have any contact <laughs> with the pedal anymore. That was a bad time trial. Well, that is the end of this special, super duper special time trial Very episode special. of the Bellamy's podcast. We will have a regular episode for you next week. This is where I would normally read the outro copy that I have about going to bellanews.com and checking out our Facebook page and our Twitter and how all of our opinions are our own and how um, we're owned by the competitor group. I think that's in there. We're owned by the competitor group and we're produced by us. We produce this podcast. We do. And it's a labor of love. It is. For all of you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think it's time to close up the media room. Uh, I'll see you Tuesday, Fred. See you later, Kaylee. <laughs> <laughs>